Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. And welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? It just, just recuperating from, from my outbound 2019 stint, Daryl. Recuperating? Are you kidding me? I've got 19 pages of notes to put oh. into action. It is so, that was the most jam-packed, unbelievable conference uh, I've been a part of in a long, long time. Thanks to the Jeb Blunt and... Weinberg and Mark Hunter and Anthony for putting that together. What an incredible time that was. You know, I, I always tell people, you know, I, and I was asked and I've been asked since, you know, I've been back home is, you know, how do you describe outbound? And it's simple because I'm a queen junkie, right? So now I'm dating myself. I said, this is <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. It's Bohemian Rhapsody smashed into a sales conference. And when you walk out onto the stage and they're playing TNT Dynamite, I mean, no, you're in. <laughs> it was it was outstanding. By the way, if you're new to the Selling from the Heart podcast, especially if we met you at Outbound, welcome. You have joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, bringing real value, doing the hard work. We call it Selling from the Heart. And as we get started today, Larry, I want to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Send Out Cards. It is so cool to have Send Out Cards on the podcast. What an incredible tool for relational sales reps. Uh, if, if I'm telling you, it's, uh, excuse me, when, when I started finding out about Send Out Cards and then how I integrated into what we do here at Selling from the Heart, it's amazing when somebody gets a card that's personalized that has something about them on it with pictures and heartfelt writing. Wow. I'm telling you. Yeah, no, it's incredible. And, and if you want to see this in action, just message either me or Larry and you will get a uh, personalized card. It's incredibly powerful. Big shout out to send out cards. You can learn more at cards.sellingfromtheheart.net. But Larry, today we have an incredible guest and we are going to have a fantastic conversation. So why don't you tee up our guest and let's dive in. I already, I already know we will, but I'm going to give a special special shout out to somebody who's near and dear to us. And in a very short time, he's been a he's been a kindred spirit. And that's Paul Howery. And that's kind of how I met James was through Paul. And Paul leads with his heart. I know James does it as well. And and there's one thing I always say is if you really be if you can become an influencer in your networks and just really open up your heart and open up your mind, there's some great people that you all meet. And without further ado, I want to welcome James Franz onto Selling from the Heart podcast. Thank you much, Larry and Daryl. That was uh, that was great. And send out cards. <laughs> I, I also approve. The personal touch is a very important part. Oh, it's so powerful. Well, yeah. hey, we're going to have a super conversation today. But as you know, if if you come on the Selling from the Heart podcast, you don't skate past this question. And the question is this: What does it mean to you to sell from the heart? That is, I mean, ultimately to me, the question, and I think that's one of the reasons why Larry and I connected. I think it's one of the reasons why we connected through Paul 
it's one of the reasons why we found that we actually already have a deeper network than that. Um, I think to answer that question, it's really important to start with um, the reasons we sell, I think is, is really where it, where it boils down to me. And I think it's really easy in our profession to uh, devalue that in all honesty. Um, And when I work with any company, any individual uh, on any level, one of the things that I'm always trying to do is, is decouple that as much as possible and, and really look at, you know, what is, what is a win for the person that I'm working with? Mm -hmm. What is the, what is the, the most substantial win I can deliver them? And you know, in the, the world of SaaS business, I think in particular, that has an ongoing component that I've seen missed in kind of the, the transition in sales from point of sale to ongoing relationships. Mm. So I think that especially as we move towards more of a you know, subscription economy and ongoing relationship um, you know, model on the business to business side as well, I think that there is a really important emphasis that needs to be placed on why you're selling what you're selling and why the person who's buying it is buying. And it's not ever going to be just because a deal needs to get done. And and you know, and you, and you bring up some points that are just, you know, that are near and dear to me. And and there's, and, and I touched on it last week when I was at outbound was, you know, this whole personal versus business James. And it's, you know, one of the questions I threw out to everyone who attended my session was, you know, you know, I think you all agree that you lead with your heart in your personal life. At least I hope you do. Right. In, in, in how you build that, you know, the family bond, the spouse bound or the significant other bound boyfriend, girlfriend, however you want to look at it. We're always bringing our heart to relationships, but somewhere along the way in the sales profession. And I mean, we're not here to peel this thing back and figure out when, because it was a long time ago, but the big disconnect happens because we fail to bring our heart to our work into our sales profession. And I think if you do that, there's always going to be misalignment. And I think that's the big struggle is how do you create alignment with your heart in your job the same way you connect your heart with your personal life? Yeah. Man. Seems like it'd be helpful if you had a coach to walk you through that process. Oh, right. not, okay, dude, now we're teeing this whole thing. Ding, up. ding, 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 ding. Oh, man, we're right. Up. Yeah, there we go. Softball. Well, and that's what I'm, we're going to talk about today is coaching and all of that. Go ahead, James. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to zoom out, though. I'm going to zoom out there and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to circle back to Mr. Larry Levine over here um, and just say that. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. Let me collect myself. That was too much. <laughs> no, dude, it's all good. It, dude, it's all good. Just let it roll, man. Oh, uh, Larry, Larry, play me back what you just said again. One more time for the audience. Dude, I already forgot about it, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Dude, all it's, right. A rare, it's a rare moment. I, I tell Larry you, Larry was dating and ma- getting married and boyfriend, girlfriend. Oh, it, was it, was it was the leading with the heart. It was yeah. the leading with the heart. <laughs> like, let's, let's be real here. It was, and that's the thing that I think sales in particular as a profession was a place where I'm not going to swear. And I know you guys just talked about that, but, but jerks, buttheads, whatever you want to call them, people who were willing to just be really assertive and, and learned via sales coaching in a lot of cases, like how to apply scripts Mm -hmm. and how to be systematic and how to like apply a process but ultimately, I'm going to quote Paul Howry here. If you're right in a dick, you're still just a dick. 
Yeah. And sellers in particular, like we have a bad rap. We have a really bad rap. And I don't think that it's justified in all cases. And I would like us as a group of professionals to aspire to consultative selling and providing value. And like every touch I send, I'm not going to send it unless I think it's valuable to you. And, And for one reason, I think one reason only is that sellers need to value themselves and their time more. Yeah. And so, okay. So we're going to get deep here in a second, but since you already quoted Paul, I'm going to quote another Paulism. That was fossum. <laughs> Thrilled I got a fossum. Thanks, Larry. Those are good days <laughs> at GoCoach. I, I, I knew that was going to happen today. <laughs> you know, sales is, uh, you know, given, especially for those and, and the people that listen to this podcast, it, you know, we get to interact with the audience. Absolutely love it because we are meeting some of the most genuine, heartfelt, authentic, whatever adjective you want to put in front of it related to, to just being deep, real connected with their why type people. We, we, you know, that's the audience, that's the network, that's the community that's growing here. But, um, being that kind of person in a world of scripts and fake and, you know, all, all of the stuff that gets associated sometimes very rightly with sales, being that authentic person in that world can be lonely um, and can also be really tough. Have you found that to be true in the clients you coach? Yeah. I mean, I've beyond clients. I think the people that I've worried the most about in my professional career are my colleagues and my peers. Yeah. And, And I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of people. And I've also worked at some companies that had some very high attrition rates Mm -hmm. Um, and in particular right now, we definitely see on client side, client facing teams, just, you know, 10 years, 10 years are under a year and a half in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. and I can say at one of the companies where I spent three years, uh, the attrition rate was really high. Um, and a lot of my friends, you know, came and went. And even after I left, like I, you know, I, I left for greener pastures and ultimately think that we could have solved a lot of problems with a little bit of investment in people. Um, and most people who leave their jobs, that's why they do it. And like the studies are out there, it's all in black and white. I'm just, you know, I just think it's worth saying out loud as much as we can right now, because I think that's where the positive yeah. reinforcement of this feedback loop comes in. Cause when we start doing it that way, mm-hmm the good people can all find each other instead of it being like, we're just going to get surprised by bad eggs everywhere. Yeah. No. Hey, so that, so let's think about this um, is just as your clients and your prospects prospects crave, you know, a sales professional that actually cares about them, right. Has Mm -hmm. their best interests in heart. Let's peel this sucker back and say, you know, can you imagine how many sales professionals out there just crave a manager who has, their best interests at heart and how many of these salespeople out there are craving some guidance and are craving somebody to take care of them. And they just don't get it. Think about that one for a second. Yeah. It took me a long time before I got my first formal coach. So I got to do some training around, you know, sales methodologies. And some of them was, some of them even had ongoing components, which was really, really helpful. Um, and I have taken away a ton of that. And I want to circle back to the whole idea of scripting and authenticity. And I want to throw out a name of uh, a gentleman that uh, participated in a webinar that we put together 
Um, and I've had the, the fortune of chatting with him a handful of times. My favorite little anecdote um, in terms of empowering employees uh, in his story is that he was brought into Prudential um, by a senior HR leader. And this gentleman, Vadim, describes himself as a workforce renegade and is one of the co-founders of Disrupt HR New York. So when we talk about like a bull in a china shop, um, (laughs) Vadim's manager brought him in with the explicit instructions of, I want you to make some hay and I will cover you. Yeah, that's cool. You know, let me just, let me just, let me just round that out with the the sales example specifically. I think that, you know, that's a, that's a really great example of an organization taking a proactive stance on how they're going to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vadim in particular ha- has a deep dive on best self versus authentic, authentic self. Mm. And I think that it backs up really nicely. So as, as follow reading, any of his stuff is really great, but the idea of bringing our best selves and scripts mm-hmm. can fit into that scripts can fit into that really nicely. As long as they're all still backing to the value and the mission and, and, and the mutual win is how I would usually put it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, that's so good. And I, I was thinking about thinking about a couple months ago, we got to talk to Dana Cavalia. He's the former strength and training coach uh, for the New York Yankees, wrote a fantastic book that I'm loving right now called Habits of Champion. And, you know, what I realized following that conversation is every professional, every professional has multiple coaches, you know, it takes a coach and, 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 and I look at sales professionals right now and I look at the challenge of being a sales professional and yes, sales professionals have managers and VPs and all kinds of people that they report to. But, you know, the real question is as a sales professional, do you have a coach who's helping you to get better? And I know I'm staring at the screen, talking to two people who are very actively involved in coaching. Um, you know, and, and I'm going to throw this out there to both, both of you guys in terms of maybe just the question is why should a high performance sales professional consider having a coach? Um, I'll, I mean, I'm just going to chime right in and because I, my biggest challenge and I don't care, you know, young, old, it, it doesn't really matter as we all can become better. And, and sometimes um, it, it takes somebody to point out those red flags or, the, or those ro- potential roadblocks that you just can't see. And what was really interesting, you know, I look, I look back at the career that I had and unfortunately, you know, I wasn't getting some of that coaching and nurturing and mentoring inside the company that I worked for. And I just started just doing my job and I became real complacent at it. Right. People knew, Oh, this is what Larry was going to give us. Right. And so Mm -hmm. forth. And they just kind of let me be. And, you know, that was kind of good because it was in that point in time, I go, okay, well, that's cool. They're just leaving me alone. I can do my own thing. So it was flatline on income, right? But it, but it was flatline. I wasn't growing. I wasn't doing anything. And, and you know, and I unravel, I unpack my story in selling from the heart, but it wasn't until I really invested in myself and I threw down some, you know, a chunk of change and I hired a business coach and a mentor. And that was the best freaking thing I ever did in my whole life. Um, even though I didn't tell my wife till after it was done, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's a topic of another conversation, but you know, that's only what, 12, 13 years ago. So I'm not too far removed from that. And I, I, I just think that we all can get better. And, and 
you know, sometimes it takes an outside perspective for that to happen. What do you but think? That was an ROI, right? I mean, oh, well, dude, your yeah. wife saw the commission checks and the n- renewed Larry, right? Oh, yeah. I know she did. No, I know that. But what do you what do you think, James, in terms of salespeople and and particularly the high performance rep and the the one that's been doing this a while, maybe a couple decades even, and is is in a rut? What what role can a coach play for that type of person? Yeah, that is. I mean, this is another one of those just really important topics right now. I think in mm-hmm. particular, and to me, any rep but especially anybody who has a desire to do sales professionally mm-hmm. should, should be asking themselves, um, you know, what don't I know? And mm-hmm. the unfortunate thing about that question is that it is always going to be open-ended. And I can speak to my experience with Keenan, um, who does gap selling, who was my coach for a, a time. Dude, I've never heard of Keenan before. <laughs> Keenan is, he's all right. He's all right. No, you know, he changed dude, my you life. Know I'm messing with you. I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that. That bit, that yeah, was. I, I just want to be a fly on the wall after I just <laughs> drop that, and Keenan listens to it. When I say, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. Um, <laughs> but no, and and there's a bittersweet end to that story too. That's a, that's actually part of the reason why I left that company is. Keenan came in, I took over the sales department from customer success and support, which is actually what my background is in. Mm-hmm. Um, we ran up the best. We did a, we did a 900 plus thousand dollar quarter on a two and $2.1 million business. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I called nine forty before the quarter started, like we nailed it. And Keenan was the coach. And when we nailed it, Keenan was let go as like no more retainer. And it's just like, I, I don't think the ROI of coaching could possibly be more. Right. <laughs> like almost, yeah, double. So, double the number. so I'm sorry, I got fired up there for a second. I've never, you know, really gotten to, to talk to two sales coaches about that before. Now, that's great. I mean, you just think about how insane it would be. Like if, if you had a, a sports team and they said, well, we're going to cut costs. We just don't need coaches. Right, we, we don't like, need Phil Jackson. Right, exactly. He's on the team. We'll just, well, we'll just have the man. We'll just have the general manager. Right. We don't need. We don't need uh, you know coaches for the offensive line, the defensive line. That would just let them. They know what they're doing. Let them work it out. You know. I mean, we don't need strength and training coaches yet in sales. Um, you know what makes us think we can be the highly compensated professionals that we want to be, that we expect to be, that we got in sales to be without having a coach. And, and that, and that freaking blows my mind. And it, I mean, it, it, quite frankly, it pisses me off for one simple reason um, is, you know, salespeople in general, they want to make money, right? We all want to make money. You get into sales because you want to make money. I get it. Right. I'm throwing that out there, right. Whether you, whether you believe it or not, it's in your subconscious. You can say, Oh, we want to help and so forth. Yeah, I get it. I want to help too. But in the, in the same token, we all want to make money. Mm -hmm. And a professional athlete wants to make as much money as they possibly can. Right. And, 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 you know, my big question, and I'm just going to, you know, I'll, I'll throw it down is if sales professionals want to make the money, then what are they going to do to help themselves? Right. 
What, what are they going to do to improve on a continual basis in order to do that? And they want to compare themselves to professional athletes, but yet how many of them invest in themselves? How many of them are coaching themselves? How many of them are seeking out mentors? And very few are. Yep. It, it, comes, it comes back to actually the first thing I tell anyone is I started in support doing tickets after working in hospitality management. No, mm-hmm. no joke. I came to startups as the housekeeping manager at a boutique hotel running up and downstairs, making making beds when needed and getting into support. The thing that I learned immediately was assess yourself constantly, Mm. assess yourself constantly, track all of your metrics, record all of your calls, listen back to everything that you do. I literally just for six months, if I had a call, I blocked the same amount of time after it and listened to it once in most cases and moved forward. But that, even that degree of self-coaching was such an unlocker for me that, you know, now that I look back on it, it makes perfect sense. But for anybody who wants to be successful, if you don't know what you don't know, go find somebody who does. And we happen to work in an industry where there's tons of, you know, really great career sellers who have done it the hard way, like Larry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Keenan out there who's like really trying to actually change the way people sell. Yeah. And there are people out there like that. And we fortunately live in a really active community. So we should we should put the, the time and effort into really making sure we we continue to build that. And I'm, yeah. I'm so thankful for, for the opportunity to work with you guys. Yeah, oh, no, I, cool. I, I appreciate yeah. it. So I guess I'm going to have to rewind this podcast and listen to it and then beat the hell out of myself. <laughs> you know, it, in an, in an, in a, uh, incredible profession, I love this selling profession. And, and I felt like on last night, last week at outbound, just listening to all of this and participating in the conversations, I, I've determined I'm actually a sales nerd. I like really enjoy selling. Right. But, um, and in the art and science behind it, but if you think about this profession is wonderful because there's technically no cap on income, right? Yet, um, I think all of us get to stages in our career when, where there's a plateau and, and it's not just an income plateau, it's a motivation plateau. It's, you know, all of that. Um, and I'm curious if we think about, you know, as salespeople, we're always asked to show the ROI, right? Our clients, always saying, what's the ROI of this investment? We have to justify things. What's the ROI of coaching? Like what's the return that it, let's say I'm that sales professional. I've gotten in a funk. Um, you know, I've, I'm flatlining. Um, maybe I'm waking up in the morning thinking, why am I doing this? You know, maybe I'm, I'm considering trying out for the remake of Groundhog Day, the movie, you know, whatever that is, if I'm that sales professional, what's the ROI? What's the return um, for me if I was actually considered going, you know what, maybe I, maybe I should invest in a coach. Um, can I just, I got to, I got to, I got to jump into this one. Jump in. It is, it's, it's cause, cause I, I mean, I saw it, you know, for myself as, it's just the mental, it's the mental clarity that you get almost immediately. And I'll, I'll, I'll share a real world example is, you know, I'm coaching someone right now. And this person said, you know, after just a couple calls, I would have paid you this for just one call. Right. Just because clarity, yeah. that, that, that I, we just got clarity after a few minutes on the call and so forth. Now, you know, granted this person knows, you know, knows my story and so forth. But I think, you know, that's the biggest thing is sometimes it's just being able to get off your chest, what you can't get 
off your chest in, in the environment that you're in. And just like all of a sudden it's just like some freedoms come off. So I just said, you know, to me, I think the first thing is just, you know, clear your mind. Mm. because I think, you know, in, in, I write, I wrote about in selling from the heart of sales chaos. And a lot of times we just got, you know, we, we live chaotic lives that if we can just talk to somebody and unload what's going on in a non-threatening way. Right. And sometimes, yeah. you know, it could be threatening if you're unraveling in front of a manager or something like that. I mean, that, that, I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind because I saw it. Well, it, it just ties back to the weirdness of the manager-managee relationship. I think in sales, yeah, yeah. it's extra emphasized, it right? Extra like, weird, right. Because you're, I'm, like, if I'm your manager, I'm responsible for your performance, but your performance is responsible for my compensation. Okay, right. dude, so, okay, so listen, isn't that the first disconnect right there? Because- 100%. Because yes. if you can't open up to your manager, then what, right? It's like not being able to open up to your spouse or significant other and have the same type of dialogue, then what, right? Well, you then can't everybody open up to your manager because you're always hedging, you know, sandbagging. And I mean, all that, that's the yeah. dynamic of that relationship. It's exactly. hard to. So in terms of concrete ROI of coaching, here's yeah. the beauty of what coaching could do for that specific example. Mm. It could either be the same coach for both the manager and the director or the, the, the IC, yeah. or it could be one coach each. Yep. And in either case, you can use coaching to make it so that they have all of those dialogues, honestly. So you don't have sandbagging, you have clarity on where you actually stand. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, to me, that's a no brainer. That one's, that one's just like, get the sales team and the reps speaking the same language. Yes. And then you get a lot more transparency. Well, I like that, you know, the manager sales rep dynamic is really tough. And, you know, I'm Larry, I'm thinking about someone that you're coaching right now that um, I got, you know, I know some of the story about um, how you coach them to push back on a deal that, um, you know, they normally wouldn't have done. I don't think the manager would have coached them to push back on the deal, but you, you didn't have any skin in the game other than just wanting this person to win. And they pushed back um, on the buyer on this deal and they got what they wanted. It was, you know, it was a big win for them. And I, I think that the dynamic had it been, had, you know, you been that person's manager, you probably would have said, yeah, just do this, just do this, take the deal down. A lot of profit would have disappeared, or maybe you wouldn't even got the deal at all. But instead you coach that person to push, push the envelope um, stand their ground and and they won the deal. And I love that dynamic. Cause I don't, you know, a coach is going to go, you can do it. You can do it. And the manager is usually going to go just take the deal, you know, but the, di- the difference in the profitability on that account was, was dramatic. Right. Yeah, um, but, but, but here's the dynamic behind this whole thing. And how many people go, well, I'll, you know, I grant it, but all this stuff takes time. Right. You see, where, you see where I'm yeah. going with this? Yeah. Well, you know, well, okay. I, I, I want to play devil's advocate there for a second because what you said is also true, which is in, in some cases, if you are the right person mm-hmm. at the right time, you mm-hmm. can make literally a lifetime of dis- difference in five minutes. It oh, dude, no, I get that. Man. Some doors, but coaching, right? coaching yeah. as a science, coaching as a process means we're going to set ourselves up and we're going to basically rig the game. Like we're going to set ourselves up 
so that we are making the progress we want and moving in the direction we want. So when those big moments happen, it's not like, hey, I need help and support right now. It's like, right. we've prepared for this. We're ready. I have the resources. Like, And you know that applies to business. It applies to life work-life balance. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. I'm so inspired. Uh, I could talk about this coaching thing for hours. We've unfortunately run out of time. So, um, man, I'll tell you what, would you definitely want to connect with James? We'll put, uh, put his link in the show notes. Any words of wisdom as we wrap up, uh, James, if you've got one shot to talk to a world, uh, the, an audience of the best sales professionals out there, what would you say? In complete honesty, and you can you can read back my content. It's in there a couple of times because my coach taught me you have to repeat things three to five, maybe seven times for them to register. Yes. Well, especially with salespeople, you may have to repeat it ten times. Uh, a thousand. Careful, um, Mary. Yeah, the limit does not exist. I'm only kidding, people. <laughs> um, but no, is let's all remember: stay human, stay human yeah. out there. Yeah. Like we are all on the same team and we can still have a lot of fun as sellers and we can still hoot and holler and do all the good stuff. Um, but like, let's stay human. And I think if we can band around that and get in the same boat, Absolutely everybody's going to benefit. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you, James. You're a true uh, selling from the heart champion. We appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you to our friends at send out cards. Check it out at cards.sellingfromtheheart.net. We'll put the link in the show notes. You can actually send a, yourself a card for free. Um, and until next week, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep delivering real value, keep doing the hard work, get a coach, and most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.